Welcome to episode 266 of the No Persinium Podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the NoPro headquarters in Los Angeles. Uh, a little late on a Friday, we'll get into why on the back end of the show. Uh, this week on the show, we have Tara O'Conn, experiential artist and transformation coach. Uh, You may know her from Third Rail Project's Then She Fell or The Grand Paradise. Uh, She has uh, developed a lot of roles with the company over the years. And we actually recorded this uh, on the night. So this is an after dark, if you will. Uh, We recorded this, appropriate that's coming out late. Uh, (laughs) We recorded this uh, on uh, the night, uh, the first night, after her first day uh, on the strike for Then She Fell. So the strike had been going on for a little bit, but it was her first day as part of it um, and during the loadout on that show. So, um, you know, I think I may get into it a little bit in in the show itself, but just in case I don't, because it's been a few weeks since I recorded this, um, there, in many ways, the entire No Persinium operation might not exist if uh, Tara's performance in Then She Fell uh, wasn't what it was. Um, if if I didn't find a moment of connection with another human being inside a fictional universe for a bright second. And, um, and, and that came down to how she approaches the work. So in, in many ways, uh, you know, uh, she's the er performer for me uh, when it comes to uh, all things immersive. So there, there's something I wouldn't say, say in front of her. <laughs> uh, not in, not in so many words, uh, cause it's just a little too embarrassing for, for everybody involved, mostly me. Um, I, I always enjoy when I get a chance uh, to talk with her and, uh, she's offering up you that uh, as well. Um, she's offering up, uh, our listeners, a free transformation coaching session where you can talk about. Let me read this so I get it right. Navigating big changes, finding clarity and perspective around a particular life challenge, getting unstuck creatively or otherwise, goal setting, or simply a place for reflection to process the moment. There'll be a link in the show notes um, whenever this goes up. And there you go. Uh, it's, uh, it's a serious offer. It's a real offer. Um, okay. Uh, before we get into the episode itself, uh, of course, we're going to thank our latest Patreon backers, uh, QN, Alex Koch, and Stephanie Riggs. Uh, thank you all for joining us in our extended hour of need. Uh, we're up to 339 backers right now, so we're just 10, 11, 11 shy, I nearly said 10, my math is off today. Uh, of our next big milestone, 350. Uh, of course, our big, big milestone one day is to have a thousand backers uh, of, of roughly around $5 each. So we, we have that magical number. Um, this work, everything we do, the websites, the newsletters, the podcasts, the Discord, uh, it all depends upon your support. We don't have a big corporate backer right now. I do not have a trust fund. Um, I, I am not an eccentric millionaire. Life would be very different for all of us if I was. 
Uh, I'd still be here. It'd just be different. Um, and uh, oh, oh, the things we would do. And uh, if anyone's got a lotto ticket or some Bitcoin lying around. And uh, yeah, so uh, we need you. I, I need you. Patreon.com slash no proscenium. There's, there's this cadre of folks uh, who, who really uh, allow me to bring home uh, groceries. Uh, and that is our sustaining backers. Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Alicia Mullen, Emily Gillette, Brittany, and Elaine. Thank you all. You go above and beyond. Uh, indeed. Uh, <laughs> beyond humbled. Every time I got to confront the, the idea, it just freaks me out a little bit. Okay, there we go. Let's get into this. Uh, You might want to get yourself, you know, comfortable. It's an after dark. So here we go. So we should probably like start with like today. And even though it's going to start us a little bit of a downer, maybe, like I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna get out of the downer part of it. So Midas will begin there, yeah. um, and and this is also sort of our makeup uh, episode from when we did the uh, we did sort of well, don't want to call it a week, but we did like the the celebration for for then she fell, um, like the the day it was announced that the show had to close and you, you dropped into the discord for a hot minute. Uh, but then we, we re- re- redacted that just to make sure that like, you know, no one, no one was speaking out of turn. Um, so, but then we were talking, then we talked about, eh, no, I don't like how this is going. Hold on. Re- reboot. Boop, boop, boop. I will start the same way, but I'm not going to ramble the way I just did. Uh this is rare. This is a rarity. You just got a you just got a glimpse of what happens when I record the open and close of the show, which is all to start going, and then I'm like, no, no, hate this, hate this. <laughs> Do over and just literally erase. It's like that goes away. No one ever knows I said it that way. Uh, there have been there have been ones of those that have been 15 minutes long. 15 minutes long, and then I go, hate this, gone. Um, Ow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Exactly. Oh, great. All right. There's a kitty. There is a kitty, yes. So let's just start off. Tell me what it was you're doing today. I know this is gonna be it starts as I think a little downer, but we're gonna we're gonna come out of we're gonna pull up we're gonna pull gravity out here. Yeah. So today I I I'm I'm very happy to be on the loadout crew for Then She Fell. It's a very small crew because we're being very careful, um, taking all of the COVID-19 precautions. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was, I spent all day with a, with a screw gun and pulling nails out of places and kicking walls and yeah transforming that building into its uh, original state. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I started doing today. Yeah. There's, there's always closing a show 
is such an emotional thing and the the strike which is what we call it in the theater world we're going to strike the show the strike is this kind of cathartic process and you guys just started that today um well kind of sort of it's actually been going on for in various phases for for quite for a few weeks now mm. yeah there's m- many many steps many layers many many uh moving parts if you will yeah yeah how does how does that how does it feel <laughs> not not to, that's an awkward question but let's we'll leave it in anyway yeah i mean is are are you getting that sense of catharsis are you i don't you know it's our first day yeah <laughs> um <laughs> How did I feel today? You know, it, I mean, it was very much just, you know, here, here's a project, go do it. You know, it felt, it actually felt, it felt really nice to be with people. I think, um, I think honestly, my experience today is like, wow, I haven't, my body has not been in a space inside with other bodies doing a thing since March. At all. And, that's, and that's extra weird for you because you're you're a dancer and yeah all, all sorts of things like I can't <laughs> so I didn't really feel like I wasn't carrying like grief around the show today at all um it was just like wow it feels nice to show up to a job and to be with people and to get things done and to use my body and like you know uh get dirty and (laughs) and a little dusty in there um yeah that's just like it it felt really it felt really good i think there's been many um different opportunities in different moments um to feel all of the range of emotions around the show specifically um but um at least today i really it was just like okay you know um we're having a big tag sale um if anybody listening is in brooklyn <laughs> you want to come by uh it's uh there's a tag sale <laughs> um maybe we shouldn't put that in there actually <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably be done by the time <laughs> Okay. There's, there's, okay. I guess this won't go out this week. So yeah, we can we'll leave that in there. But like people week, sorry you missed it. So no, no, they're actually no. Actually, I mean it's totally fine. They're really trying to like you know we had some people from the neighborhood come in. Um, so like the one of the rooms um, was sort of has been designated as here is like all the things that are not going to storage that like we just want to get rid of and like kind of pay what you can. And there's all manner of things. And it's not just from the show. There's, they did like a big old storage clean out. So it's like many years worth of so many things. Um, oh my goodness. So it feels like uh, it's kind of like, it feels like what do you like? A, yeah. It's like a tag sale. Um, estate sale. It just feels like you're in some, you know, it's like all the, what did somebody term use today? Uh, bric-a-brac. Bric-a-brac. It's just like all the things, the little tchotchkes, little this, lots of fabric, lamps, you know, books, bookshelves, 
uh, lots of teacups. <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm ta- I'm I'm but some of some of us have like already uh, like it kind of internally they they gave us first dibs on on some things and uh, so yeah. I'm take I will have uh which I'm very excited to bring into my home I think I was just I kind of decided on a whim um because I live in a small studio apartment so I can't really it's like I'm not gonna bring any furniture in here really no room but I am taking the uh um one of the mirrors that is was actually pretty um integral to uh one of the scenes that I helped create and performed many, 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 many times, which I think that I think that's the story that you like to tell is having that scene with me. Yeah, which I'm so honored to that that was such an experience that you had and that we shared. Yeah. So I'm taking the mirror from that from that space. See what kind of, I feel like it's haunted, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. Like, yeah. Like the. To take oh. something that like, you know, that, that feels meaningful. Well, that's, I mean, in, in all the years I was performing or designing I was I was never part of a show or working crew. I was never part of a show that that had a run longer than about six months, and and that was not a show. That was like a higher job, so it wasn't something I had any like creative energy into at all. And I can't even imagine like the psychic weight that like some of the objects in that building acquired after after 4,000 performances. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like really curious, but to, yeah, like I'm curious how it will feel. Uh, yeah. There's definitely an energy. There's so, yeah, there's so much energy in that building. Um, and I think now I think I'm like reflecting. I haven't really had a chance to reflect today too much until you just asked me, how was today? Um, that, you know, like, it, the space has already transformed so much. Um, mm. You know, the lights are gone, the sound, the sound equipment, all that went away like a, like a bit ago. You know, like, um, actually, you know what I found myself thinking of a lot is uh, when we first moved into the building. That's what it feels like. Like, mm. like I remember like the first site visit that I got to go to as a cast member. Um, that we, you know, it was like, it was like being built out, out and it was, you know, in various, um, various states of, you know, half a wall here, blah, blah, blah. like, you know, so, I, and just, um, so like not all of our fake walls were up yet. And there was like pieces of wood and dust everywhere. And we were walking through, like Zach was showing us like, oh yeah, this is going to be this room this is going to be this room this is going to be this room you know and I was actually thinking about that a lot today because it looked like that it looked like when I very first walked into 195 Mauser Street um 
to be like, I'm going to go see where then she fell is going to be. Because, you know, as you know, that this building that we have been in for so long is its second home. Right, right. Uh, so that's what I was thinking of a lot today. It was like, actually, the other end of the spectrum, it, I was re- reflecting on when we were building it. Um, and I wasn't part of that crew, you know, I just like showed up. But uh, I remember, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, full circle, full circle. Part of your practice. Oh, we got a feedback. Are you off? Um, uh, I'm sorry. Are you on headphones or? Nope. Oh, that's weird. Oh, something just. No, I heard that. Oh. Yeah, I've got like a delay. This is weird. Are you are are you wearing headphones by chance? Or? I'm not. Oh, that's what it's. I'm coming through your speakers. You are. Yeah, and then that's feeding back through. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm should, gonna I, should I put headphones on? Yeah, probably good. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, just because otherwise what happens is, uh, if, one, I hear myself and I'm like, ah, but two, it also creates like a, a stagger on the track and then I have to like rip it out and it's a whole lot of post-production. So, yeah. I have to find my headphones. <laughs> Oh, here they are. Okay, just one second. No worries. Um, so yeah, so okay, I'm not they're not in yet. All right, one, two, one, two, and no loop on my side. Okay. Sounds like we're good again. Oh, okay, but I don't have them plugged in yet. Oh, you don't have them plugged in yet? Mm, no, weird. I had to like kinda go look for them. Okay. But I will put them. I will plug them in if you think it's. Um... Yeah. No, it's. It's. I think. I think these folks like code things in here to try and prevent that from happening. But then what happens? All it's just all. Uh, computers. Computers. Um. Okay. Okay. So, here's what I'm. And actually, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna make a. I've made timeline notes here, but I want to make sure I actually get this into something where I see it. Where's Jot? Where's Jot? Um, oh, Tot is what it's called, not Jot. I keep on naming the thing wrong. Okay. Uh, 22, 18 to 2400 cuts. Okay, cool. There's a little note there. Um, You mentioned mm-hmm. coming full circle. You mentioned coming back to yeah. the beginning, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, I, I have to imagine that being part of this show, being being a, a, a performer who works with this company all the time, has like altered the course of your oh, trajectory yeah. <laughs> as, as a person. Yes. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Absolutely. What's 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 been in your life because of this? Wow. Um, I'm mean, probably tons, right? I mean, this is far too broad of a question, but like, 
but like what's the first thing that comes to mind you know that's in your life because of this that you just didn't expect to have in your life at mm. all like it wasn't it wasn't even wasn't anywhere on the yeah. map right didn't even say here be dragons <laughs> it was just thing here. here wow Ooh, okay first the first answer is well this may be like a long answer but uh it's a podcast right, there's nothing right. but long answers right. <laughs> okay two things first thing which is maybe the shorter thing is no you're right they're both long it's fine um <laughs> I never expected to uh, be in relationship with so many people uh, tied to this show in particular. And by in relationship, I mean, like, just the thousands of really meaningful interactions and moments I've had with complete strangers. Um, mm. Really, like, really see, like, really being with so many people in such intimate, genuine moments, and then... So that's one thing I never expected to be able to say. And then the, the second thing is how that has um, really brought me to, it brought me to my coaching practice. Like I was looking for, I was looking for something like some way to be in relationship with people to hold space for people to um to be present with people and and hold space for them to like feel to be wherever they are you know and just and just and just be a witness to that and uh I was like this is like a you know it's such a healing it's such a healing experience both ways like the world needs this level of of seeing one another and being like real and in the moment right and just seeing people's really seeing the way people would just open up um and then that was like what i this has to this can't just happen in a theater bubble like this is the world needs that like this is how we need to be with each other all the time like what is it and i was actually getting my hair cut <laughs> when i was like you know how when you're talking and you're like getting getting your hair cut and someone's like so what do you have going on what do you know and i was i think third rail projects had just finished ghostlight so at this time at this point i wasn't even performing and then she fell um and i wasn't sure what was next and i wasn't sure if i was gonna like ever go back into the show it was just like one ama- uh, another like amazing show had just ended and that was like the most amazing summer ever of like performing at Lincoln Center um and then so that was like a bit of a downer when that closed <laughs> um uh and then I was like hello 
know what I'm going to do. And, but this is what, and I found myself like sitting in this chair talking to, and the, my hair stylist, uh, her name is Katie Pyle. Um, also an artist, uh, you know, so I was like talking, I was like, this is, you know, there's something so special about these moments. And, and Ghostlight had a lot of those too, where I'm just like, you just find yourself in, 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 in through, you know, through, through storytelling and it's through script and, you know, through everything that you've choreographed, but there's still these like unexpected human moments that you cannot predict and that you cannot choreograph. And, and the energy there is something that is so powerful and vulnerable and meaningful. I was like, this needs to happen. How can this, how can I be a part of this like all the time, not just when I'm performing, um, not just when it's like part of like a, like a pretend, let's, you know, um, because there's something happening here that's really real and, and what it does for people is really real and transformative. Um, and um, Katie's wife, Sam, um, is a therapist, but had gone through this coaching program that I ended up going to. And she's like, you should look into coaching for transformation. And she like gave me the information in the website and I looked, went home and I looked at, I was like, this is it. It was like, this is it. This is the way they, the way the, the way the program, the sort of core tenets of the program is so in line with um, the way that the art, myself and the artists that I work with in third world projects, like really think about like how we meet people where they are, um, how we like see, see people as like, you know, and now I'm talking more into the coaching world, but like, just like seeing people for who they are and, and not judging them and allowing them space to like really be fully who they are and to come into some kind of transformation or reflection. Um, and so, yeah, so I found, so that I guess is a long answer to be like, I would have never thought, Oh, I want to be, I want to be a coach. Like I want to help people, um, make really big changes in their life. I want to help people get unstuck. I want to help people who, um, are, you know, wanting to, um, I mean, God, so many things just like wanting to be more of who they already are or, or who wanting to be, or like challenges that they are trying to overcome. And, and really it is about just showing up and being present with that per person and witnessing and holding space and being present and reflecting back. Um, and that's what the, that's what my performance practice is. And that's what, you know, the artists that I work with in third row, like that's, that's the practice that we have. It's just that holding and guiding of space for people to come and, and have their experience. There's, there's a term that I think I've heard before, but it's, it struck me pretty strongly last week and, and it felt almost like a, a strong diagnosis of what the general madness of a 
of American society is like at the root interpersonal level. And it's, it's the idea of a parasocial relationship and that, that you have, that people have these, it's a kind of relationship a person has with a celebrity. It's the kind of person uh, relationship someone has with the political figure that they, um, they Mm -hmm. stand as the kids say. Um, It's, it's the, the, these fleeting um, one way quasi transactional relationships that are the, the sort of the fundamental unit of social media, these, these little likes and touch points and to participate in that world, even to participate in that world with good intent. Um, there's a, there's a writer for the Atlantic, Adam Sewer, Sewer? Adam Sewer. I always get his name wrong because I've never heard it. I've only read it and I have reader's disease. Um, so Adam Sewer, who I think is brilliant writer uh, and uh, big old nerd too. So that, that goes a long way. And he'd been gone from Twitter for a while. And just today, because uh, he was back in the mix for whatever reason, I was like, it took the moment to just like at him and say like, oh, hey, I respect when people leave for a while. I, I, I totally get get it, getting away from this hell site. I'm just really glad you're back. Um, and and then like later on I checked and saw and he liked it. And I was like, oh, good. He got the message. But that's still – that's not a human connection. That is like oh, – that's a letter to the editor. That is a parasocial relationship. That it is asymmetrical. It is not the same as when I'm you know DMing with one of the folks I know – you know, or even when I'm at mentioning like a circle of people that like I know and we're riffing on each other or whatnot or giving those little nods, it's it, but it's happening in the same UI interface. So it it creates this ghost of a relationship. It looks like a relationship. It has the same outward features, mm-hmm. but it is not yeah. real. Um, and Oh man, it's making me think like the, the thing, the thing I got to see one time. Uh, there's a there's a there's a technique Zach showed at a at a workshop thing about the way y'all in that company approach mm-hmm. touch, and there's like the hovering versus kind of like a deeper. T- which which one's the parasympathetic nervous system? Which is the one that that creates the willies is it the parasympathetic that's the good one or the well, sympathetic that's that's the good one? <laughs> okay <laughs> what's oh the God, difference what's the difference here like, um, like marissa um <laughs> i know i know marissa who showed him also no, showed uh, me no, so uh, the, like we should look this up before um parasympathetic <laughs> It's a conversation. Things are, we're not Wikipedia. No, no, I'm a, so. um, parasympathetic. Yeah, that's, that is, oh man, this is so much pressure to be on a podcast. Um, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Speaking of Wikipedia, I will you're, you're talking, um, you're talking, one of the three divisions. Like the, the sort of, like the lizard brain, like the nerve, like the, the, the part that's like activated, like the flight, fret, flight or freeze, um, like the the the, the things yeah. that we can't we don't think about they just happen, like like all like our heartbeat yeah. and our breath yeah, yeah. and our uh, 
sort of gut reactions and our, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the one. Trying to... Yeah, I mean, all of that, that like nonverbal, all of that information that we're getting into our body before anybody says a word, you know? Um, right. I think I remember reading somewhere, it's like, uh, there's a great book called Conversational Intelligence. I have to like look at that. Um, oh, it's such a great book that I have to go and get it. Hold on. <laughs> well, while she goes and gets it, um, I'll just, I'll just, uh, yeah. what's that? That's silent ceiling. So yeah, parasympathetic nervous system okay. is uh, one of three divisions of the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. It's Conversational uh, Intelligence yeah. by Judith E. Glaser, or G-L-A-S-E-R. Okay. Um, and it's... Uh, how great leaders build trust anyway. Um, but there is, there is, uh, she says in here, there is science of, I think it's like 0 0.7, 0 0.7 milliseconds, which is before you can even utter a word. Like our bodies have already decided what this situation, this person, um, like, are they a threat? You know, are they, uh, mm. you know, am I, uh, are they going to attack me? Or are they going to seduce me? Are they going, you know, like our bodies are doing that before our brains are cognitive, um, like prefrontal cortex gets online and actually like logics it. So yeah, there's like a lot that, of, yeah, this happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that reminds me of uh, Tord Nortrander's The User Illusion, which I must have read like 20 years ago. It might be totally out of date. That's the one problem with like books about the brain. Um, but in that one, I was always fascinated by the idea that the conscious mind, at least the framing in there was that, and like I said, who knows where, they, where, they, where it is, the science is now. But basically the idea was the conscious mind can only ever veto. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the part of us that we think of as the ego, the thing that's in control, it's this tiny little bandwidth uh, in, in, the, in the vast computing powers, the unfathomable computing powers of our brain, the most powerful thing, uh, computing machine uh, known to humanity and something that just sticking a coin size thing will not let you record your memory yeah. Uh, sorry, bro. We're not living in altered right. carbon. Right. Um, so <laughs> Netflix canceled your favorite show. Don't go jamming things in pigs that don't belong there. Um, sorry. Uh, just a message to, to our loneliest listener. No kidding. Um, <laughs> it would be funny yeah. though. Um, uh, anyway, the, the, the idea is that the ego can only veto. That by the time... By the time you're going, by the time you become conscious of the fact that you're picking something up, right, you're you're already in motion. Everything's firing exactly. off to do yeah. it. Yeah, and we right? and like, you know, yeah. Um, there, uh, I was yeah. just reading in just the other day. I started reading uh, my grandmother's hands by Resmaa Menakeng, um, who is a, a trauma therapist who uh, this book is about, is about the trauma of white body supremacy culture in black bodies and white bodies and blue bodies, AKA 
police is essentially um, what this book is about. And um, I just started reading it. And um, he talks about how the, the, the part of our brain that we're talking, speaking of right now, like in order for any information to like even get to our like prefrontal cortex, it like goes through like it's going through our limbic system. It's going through this fight, flight, or freeze, um, mm-hmm. gut reaction, body, bodily information. Like all of that, it's be, anything, anything that any input, it's coming through there first before we get to make a decision about it. So if we're, we are getting, like kind of exactly as you said, like we are making decisions based on all this information we're getting in the, in our lizard brain, which is already telling us so much about our, whatever our past experiences too, what unconscious yeah. or not, you know, our, There's, our experience, I was watching... our, our great, 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 great grandmother's experience, you know, that's in our bodies too. So, yeah. 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 Like that, that we now know that like past experience, you know, past trauma gets, gets shuttered down mm-hmm. the genes, mm-hmm. maybe other things do as well, which is such a, I mean, I'm, I'm always, I'm always wary of any of, well, I'm always, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I'm always wary of any science when it's fresh because the beauty of science is that then they find something out later and like, oh no, we were we were wrong about it. But there, this whole area about genetic trauma and genetic memory is so fascinating, and it it smacks of Lamarckian mm-hmm. evolution, you know. Um, but then starts to make you wonder, like, is 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 that maybe is there a little of a thing there going on too, right? Like. Like the the mysteries of of life, like the big M mysteries of the big L life, keep on uh, keep on deepening, yeah. right? Um, in 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 a way that's totally surprising. Um, and this is why when you're in when you're in a a one on one with someone. Like you can't know, you can't know what they're thinking. You can't know what they're bringing. Like you have to make space for that and you have to attune to that in whatever way you can. You can't just barrel through. You can't just barrel through with yeah. uh, the script. I mean, you know, there there's two, thing, two things happening simultaneously. One, we're getting our scene done and we're doing it on time. Yes. And then the other <laughs> But then there is another, and this is, I think this is, I think this is like the joy of my life actually is holding both of these truths at once. So you have that and then you have, but here is this person here with me, this whole human who I don't know and I can't make any assumptions about, you know? Oh my God, no, I'm so sorry. I thought I turned this off. It's okay, um, don't worry about it. 
you know, yeah, because 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 their body is going through something that is totally theirs that I can't even know, and I can't even pretend to know. But I have to make space for that. And I have yeah. to listen to that at the same time that I'm like, you know, kind of steering the ship. But they're also they're also meeting me there, and there's and, and you know, it's a dial. Um, it's these very it, it, it is body language it is nonverbal like it's so um, it's almost hard to speak about because it, it's it's like so cellular um, yeah you, you almost find a, you kind of left with almost like mystical ish terms to talk about like when you're saying that I, I, I was starting to think like you know how how much psychic energy do you do you want it processing through in those moments? Like, do you w- would you get keyed up oh, because of, of of it and and like the churn the churn in a night? Because I'm because I'm sort of thinking this also in uh, at the root of it is a question of like you know how hard is mm. it to do this? How hard is it to hold that space in a way yeah. that's effective? Right? It's it's really easy just to blast through the lines. It's really easy to like mechanically like make eye contact, touch right. on hand, right. da 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 da. It's something else entirely to mm-hmm. be in the moment and to, to for a for a bare second partner with someone, open yourself up to what's going on with them mm. which creates a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 to you take in someone's energy for a moment, like really read them, and yeah. and if only for a second get the totality of like what's going on in that yeah. in that moment. Well, yeah, like, and sometimes sometimes it's oh, see, I love the, I love this question because because there's there's a there's a halfway there's like a halfway point or. Um, I don't know. I've never tried to put this into words before, but yes, yes, open, openness, taking them in, reading, reading, reading the energy. Yes, all of that. Really trying to get a feel for like, you know, where is this person? But at the same time, this is this is the other thing that is happening is I'm very clear where I am energetically, mm. where I am in this moment, how my body is responding. And so I can't, I can't let someone else's energy completely take over. So there, there, there is a bit of a barrier or a boundary rather. Um, and I think this is like a really beautiful <laughs> kind of way to like really be riding that line um, with clarity and intention and integrity. To be like, I'm totally, I totally see you. I totally see you. And I'm like, my feet are like, I'm here also on the ground in, in my body in, in the thing that I'm here to do. Um, and yeah. so I love that you brought up this question because I think that it's, um, 
It's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the agency and boundaries workshop at the HEAR Summit. Um, it's almost exactly this reason. Because I think as a, as, as a performer, there's a lot of... I know, like, in my experience, like, there's been a lot of, um, you know, we're sort of trained to, like, kind of do the thing that we do and, and do it well and do it over and over again and, like, be virtuosic and be exact, right? And so a lot of this practice is kind of, like, unraveling that a little bit, right? And being, like, actually, like, I like to think about it as, like, kind of, unperforming because like, you you really have to be all the stuff we just talked about right you have to be in the moment you have to be like it's not about being perfect it's like you know it's about being responsive it's about being like really like you know you can't just you can't just like barrel through and just do your thing you have to respond right so there's all that and but there's also the there's also like knowing so deeply where you're going and how you like and how how you're going to get there even if you have to like redirect a couple of times um you have to know your relationship like the relationship you have to this person or to these people or to this storyline like if it's a character like like what is your relationship and then what is you like as a performer, like I have to be so clear in my body that there isn't necessarily room for somebody, for somebody's yeah. energy to come in because you get, so we do get so much energy. So there's, there's creating like agency and boundaries. It's, it's like giving the audience agency, right. And honoring their boundaries. And also, also, like really leaning into our agency and our boundaries and those two things like meet in the middle. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in terms of like shapes and, and sort of like puzzle pieces and here comes someone into the space. They don't know what shape they're supposed to take, but they encounter someone and that person's shape is very distinct. Mm -hmm. And the shape is distinct and the way they're filling the room and what they're doing in the room. Mm -hmm. And they take up their presence fills a certain part of, of the, the, the glass, right? They are the half full part of the glass. If there's going to be a whole glass, you are invited to fill in the rest of the space. You're invited. Here's, here's where you can meet and you can, you can, that, that wave can come up as far onto shore as as the tide line allows or if you don't want to reach the tide line you can hold back a little bit and leave that gap but yeah but yeah yeah and the, yeah, yeah. There, there is exactly yeah. it's like you can i love the way you, i love the way you just described that that that's a beautiful metaphor yeah it's actually it's it's absolutely that and so being being really full in whatever shape of the whatever shape of the moment it is it's actually one it actually it actually guy it actually um it is about in the sense of like holding that space like 
that is how audience feels guided you know it's not just yeah. all like willy-nilly it's like no there's there there's a there's a structure here there's a shape here i'm holding like <laughs> yeah yeah and you could you can fit into the shape however you're gonna fit into it but like i'm holding the shape 100 percent, or we are holding the shape 100 percent. um yeah and so we can't run around all crazy or right um yeah, yeah. And some people will try. Some some people will definitely try to run around all crazy. It's what they, you know, they they think that's they think that's their job. Yeah, and um, like that's you know honestly, that's if there's you know there's infinite possibilities. This is what honestly what I love about this practice. What I love about immersive theater, and what I love about what got me into coaching, or I've always even as a choreographer, I'm always thinking about audience experience. I got into UX design for a little while. I still am. It's like I'm always thinking about the perspective of the viewer or the user or the audience or the person. Like, and there's something about. Um, I forget where I was going with this, but there's like there's like a no, no. yeah. Help me out. <laughs> where did it go? No, like you're thinking about the perspective. You're you're thinking about what the person's perceiving and how that affects what they have agency to do. What like in UX design, what you can't perceive, you can't do. And 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 this is something that's really I mean, you can take that idea and apply it to other parts of our culture and start to understand, right? It's 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 when people talk about representation in, in entertainment and media mattering, it's because if you can't perceive that there is a role for you, if you are born into uh, if, if you're a particular race or, or born into a particular class or from a particular creed, if you cannot perceive a role for you in a play or in society as a whole, you can't do it. We can't do what we can't perceive. We cannot catch what we, what, what we are unaware of, mm-hmm. I guess. That's not true for diseases. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> viruses don't don't count. But we cannot, we cannot. Um, I mean, but we don't really catch like catch in the sense of agency, right? Like we cannot apply our agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can right. we can be buffeted a lot. We can be caught up by right, right? and, uh, and that's, these forces. And that's what I think is like that's what I think is so important is that giving people their inherent agency and, mm. and, 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 and giving that as like something that they can actually perceive that they do have, that they absolutely do have agency. Um, and they feel empowered in that. Like, I feel like that is what our society tells us that we don't have or, I mean, yeah. we, I, as a white person, have like have a lot of agency, right? Um, but there's 
there's so much like I just so much of our society is like this is how you should be this is how you should behave this is what you should do this is how you should do it you know like these sort of like espoused values that are not even like when you stop when you stop and think and that's why theater can be so powerful for people theater like this could be so powerful for people because it's like we can have this like really reflective transformative experience be like wow i didn't even know that i felt that i didn't even know that i wanted that yeah. and like that's where i got like that's what gets me really excited as a coach when someone's like wow i've never said that out loud before i've never i've never i've never said that like that is such a powerful moment like that is agency like and everybody should be able to like have that be like you know what i really want I think, I think, <laughs> you, know, you know how i really want to live my yeah. life <laughs> you know um well i think i think i mean so much in our so much in our world is about stripping people of their agency and mm -hmm. convincing people that they do not have their that they don't have power yes. right? right i think we can see that really clearly in our politics right now there's a lot of people who do not believe that they have power who do not believe they have a say and they surrender up their will in in a parasocial relationship to political agents and those people go and feast on their power and use their power for whatever purpose they're going and that can and that can be done in ways that are you know, to the benefit of all, or it can be done in ways that are to the benefit of few. Mm -hmm. But at the root of it is the agency and the power of the person and whether or not they are aware mm -hmm. that they have that power. Um, and and there's also, you know, like there's there's something terrifying about knowing that you have that power because to have power is to have responsibility. And so there's plenty of people who will gladly, a lot more people than I thought, will gladly shed their power if it absolves them of responsibility, mm -hmm. which, which I didn't think that was in the American DNA. I thought that was very much not possible given just the shape of our culture, but turns out, nope, it's there. It's always been there as the shadow. Like if if you if you step back, take a step back and you look and you see all all of all of the bad guys, all of the all of the dark forces and all of our stories are about that surrender, which means it's the thing that that people dream about when they just go like, "Oh, just take me away." You know, like just let me let me stop taking responsibility and give myself over to this thing that's bigger than me. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that that makes me like, oh, like, okay, so what is, you know, power can be interpreted as so many things. So like to be in power or to be in power, to be empowered, I think feel like two different things, maybe, I don't know. I'm curious what you think or like, yeah. Yeah, it's not power yeah. over like, like right. It's like power over people. That's the thing that is like that is the thing that we're trying to dismantle, right? We want we want power right. with. Well, and 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 
you know, if someone comes into their power, I mean, these the the reason why these things are, are hard is like you know, like someone comes into their power, they they make a shape, and they invite other people to make the other part of that shape, and they shape the people around them, and you know. Any any drama student knows that when things get interesting is when like you get two contrasting shapes that are not uh, they they are they are not oh god what's complementary mm-hmm. two non complementary shapes come in and and the friction that is created in order to find a way to make them fit into the same space that's where drama is but they are, like that's the whole but they are both study, in their power right like like that's but yes, they're both in their power also you know. We're talking about like agency, but I think it's also boundaries. It's also being standing in your boundaries. That's so important. Claiming or like claiming, claiming your pain and, and like your territory, what, what, yeah. what you will yeah. not do, what you, you know, or what feels like something that you haven't let yourself feel before that was like actually quite like you know okay like grief right loss to give people space to feel that if they haven't is so important right because it that is also powerful it's like empowering people to like feel however they feel and like that and be like that is that is exactly yes i see you in that i see you in that I'm not trying to tell you to be any other way. And like that kind of agency to kind of just really, in order to move through something, in order to move through something, you have to like be where you are in the present moment. And I think it's about like bringing people to the present or when I think, I think there's like many smart people that I can't think of right now that have like said like it's like there's so much of us that are like we're either in the future or in the past it's really hard to be in the present sometimes I think that the real trick is being in all Mm. three because um, we talk a like like any any single one of them. It's well, not even the P and all three. It's it's being able to shift mm-hmm. between them, not necessarily at will, but with less yeah, friction. Not being stuck, not like, being stuck in either one. Just yeah, yeah. Because like it's it, you know I can you know addiction right i got a sugar addiction it's it's particularly flared up and i got a caffeine addiction too and like both of them both of them have been flaring up this year um and and that's so much it's it, that's weirdly enough about both being like not present cuz you go into a kind of a sugar coma almost and but also being totally in the biochemical moment mm-hmm. like just really wanting like the gratification now and right. And there's, we are these like, we are all three people. We're who we are at the moment. We're who we're trying to be, and we who. Oh we were. yeah, that's beautiful. That's it. Yeah, yes, right. And and how are we allowing ourselves, or how can we allow each other to be those 
breathe, you know? Mm. Um, oh, geez. Yeah. That, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> how can we allow each other to be all three and empower and like to not be like, oh, I need, you know, like to not judge that. Yeah, that's the thing that like we're particularly bad at, right? We like, judge ourselves. Like I think of Oh my god, so much of like all those all those inner critics, right? That I'm not good enough, oh, yeah. I should be this, I should be that, like I'm not worthy of this. Um yeah. I mean the the, the best the best the best moments um cuz criticism is such a thing, it's also like it's a thing I do, right? So like the best moments as a critic when dealing with like other people's work is when you can, I, when you can try and send them the message of, I saw what you're trying to do here and here's where you're in your own mm. way. Oh yeah. Get rid of this thing. That's this thing that you're putting in your own way. Literally. It'll probably have dropped by then. And by the time we really, it'll easily have dropped by the time it releases. Like I wrote one and like first time in a while, it's a shorter review. It could have been longer if I if I really wanted to like, well, if I had the stamina at the moment. But um, I start the review off basically with like, sometimes a creator has a great idea, but then they're not, for whatever reason, whether a lack of confidence or, you know, or, or what whatever it might be, they then bury it under a lot of okay to good ideas. And if they just let the great idea shine, the piece would be so much stronger. It's like you don't you don't have to you don't have to like put all this other stuff in here. You got this great idea. Let it breathe. Yeah. Right? You know, like the two the two best advice pieces of advice my professors would ever give me when working on a piece were either let it breathe or take the air out. Mm. It's like that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least or at least that means you've done all the other work you needed to do, right? If you've gotten to that point, congratulations. You've done all the other work. You either need to let it breathe or take the air out, and it's going to be fine. there you go. That, that's you standing in that power, and then that's really scary. So then you pull, you pile all this other stuff on top of it. And you're like, I don't really want to stand in my power. Ah. Right? But, like, that kernel of the idea, that letting it breathe, that, like, really, like, letting it be what it is can be really, it's really vulnerable and really scary. So yeah, that's why we have collaborators and outside eyes that can like see that, <laughs> right? And be like, I see what you're yep. trying to do. What, you know? Yeah, like, hey, why are you doing that other thing? You know, but that's, yeah, we keep, we can't just be in a vacuum. We need each other. We need each other to be those reflectors. Um, yeah. And it, it can be, it can be really hard to take the criticism. I mean, like I, I hate getting edited. Always have. Just despise it. Um, if for no other reason than like I am incredibly hard on myself, and I, and someone comes in and like starts moving things around, and I can be like, you have no idea how much work went into that. And other times, like something, someone finds something, like, oh yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that part. But it's like, oh God, do like do you do you not know how much of a battle that line was? Like, and now you're just like tromping all around. A lot, a lot of times, I think people people aren't equipped. There aren't there aren't a lot of great teachers out there. 
there's a lot of there are a lot of good teachers, there's not a lot of great teachers, and there's not a lot of good critics. There's a lot of people who bring that internal editor that lives in their own head that's constantly mm-hmm. chiding them, and they just go unleash it on somebody yeah. else. And it's like we need good question uh, askers. Like I want to be a good I want to be a good question yeah. asker. That's a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot about that's a lot of what I do as a coach too. It's really just about asking open, empowering questions to get people to like look in and be like, well, yeah, what am I really thinking and feeling right now? You know, or how how do I what that what what would that look like? You know, to get people out of their yes or no brain. Do you do you find that the effective questions are ones you yourself have tussled with? I mean, I think mm, if if we're well, if we're talking about coaching, it's not about it's actually not about it's not about me at all. Like if I'm doing my job as a coach, I'm not bringing I'm not bringing my own experience in. I'm bringing myself, I'm bringing my full self, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about, we're talking about them, but that to that, and then see, this is where, this is where for me, there's a lot of overlap, right? It's like in, in, in performance, it's meeting somebody with curiosity. Oh, I'm so curious. Tell me more about this. Oh, what would that be like if blah, you know, um, Mm -hmm. what's important about that, you know? Um, obviously that's maybe not necessarily what's like verbally happening in a scene, but it's like, I see, I, I'm like hearing you and I see you and I'm curious. I'm not going in with my own agenda to be like, well, I think it should be like this, you know, or like you're the editor that you were just speaking of, like that's going in with their own agenda and editing based on that and not listening and not seeing, you know. Um, not yeah. being curious, like, oh, yeah. I don't actually, like, I really like, uh, yeah, like, to really be that present with another individual or individuals and be like, I'm just going to hold curiosity for you so that you could get curious yourself. But, like, we need, we kind of need, we kind of need somebody to help us do Ooh, that, go, right? Go, it's hard, it's hard to get curious on your own because we're stuck in our own brains, like, we're doing our own little hamster wheels. We're spiraling it out, you know? And it's like, yeah. Oh, I, I, I like that idea of I'm going to hold curiosity here in order for you to be yes. able to have curiosity yes. about yourself. Right. Like that's yeah. and, and, and to start to start encouraging and it's something that you know you come into and you lose touch with, and you got to get back in touch with. It's it's not it's not a dramatic shift. It's not a thing that happens one time, then you're fixed forever. It's it's something that has to be replenished all the time. This curiosity. this curiosity and yeah. to remind it's a way yeah. of being. And like no, and like just um, noticing, just noticing what's present, like naming what's present. Yeah. Um. Uh, be, being 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 an observer and kind of putting in your yourself in a position of like I don't know I don't know anything I don't know anything I've never been here before where are we where are we going you know and I and I like I liken back that back also to performance practice and you know when I say 
my performance practice, I'm also very much like, you know, the, the team of people that I get to work with in third world projects. And I've spent so many hours and days and years and like so many performances, thousands of performances, right? Like, like, I feel like we all share this in some capacity. We may think of it, talk about it a little differently perhaps, but like we're all in this like practice of being curious and empowering and listening and adaptive. And, you know, so just want to, just want to say that out loud. Um, um, but this, but that like, I, when I've taught, led workshops so around like performance skills in this way, it's like, be also curious about your own experience too. Like, so there you go, that's like holding both, right? You're curious about what's happening around you, but like also like, you know, you were gonna be doing this 10 million times over and over and over. You have to keep finding something new <laughs> or maybe not new, mm. but like every, you're not, it is, we are not robots. This is, this is a new, this is a new minute. <laughs> this is a new day. This is a new hour. Like there's something, there's something to be invested. There's something to investigate here, um, which I think is also, so it's like about being observers of our own experience, being observers of other people's experience. Because if you're not doing that, then you're just going to be like on repeat and how boring and what a good way to burn out, you know, like, uh, yeah, there's a reason why it's called a repetitive stress industry. Yeah. In which injury. there's plenty of those, <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah but there's yeah. like also, cause when we're with our audience, it, there's, we can't, we can't really, it's, you know, we can't always be, um, we don't know what kind of feedback we're getting. You can't rely on a certain kind of feedback. You know, a lot of performer, like performing on stage is like, I do a thing, I do it well, and people clap, you know? There's not like, that's feedback. There's no feedback like that. So it's like to kind of get trained out of that expectation as a performer that like, oh, they're going to watch me and they're going to nod their heads and smile, you know, or they're really going to get a reaction. I'm going to get a reaction. And it's like, you're not, you're not because we don't, we can't know what other people are thinking or where they're going to put their attention in a, in a 360 environment. So if you're going in to your practice, like relying on a certain kind of feedback from other people and you don't get it, then what? Like it actually has to be about what are you curious about today? What are you noticing in the space today? Like, how does this surface feel today? Or like, you know, where's the timing? Like those like interstitial, like microscopic moments of like stretching timing with your breath so that you can like, you know, really do really fall this time. Like really, like don't make it like choreography, make it like it's really happening to you in the moment. Like there's so many, there's so much like energetic mechanics that can, can happen that you can attend your, to that it's like, you can actually just like be in that moment and be in that presence and be in that curiosity. Like, oh, how is this feeling? What's going on? What's my partner doing? 
what's, what's he doing now? What's he doing now? What's he doing now? What's he doing now? So that like, I don't anticipate the choreography. It's like, I have to be like, what's happening right now? What's happening right now? What's happening right now? Over and over and over again. And so there is that level of curiosity also. So it's like curiosity about our, our fellow people in the room. It's a curious, but it's also curiosity about like, what's happening to me right now? Both. And if the design is strong enough, then the thing one discovers is the design, mm-hmm. right? And thinking about like choreography and, and living from moment to moment, it's like, oh, he's moving there. Well, then I'm going to move here, and then he's moving there, and then, well, this is a step, and then there's this, and and that that rubber banding mm-hmm. that happens, that tension between the two bodies, the tension between the two the two agents in the room creates the choreography creates the exactly. scene and exactly. and if and if the seed has been planted properly then it, it might actually look the same every right. time because like little little, little yeah. flares and it's like the same thing yes yes exactly yeah yeah and then because then that's the storytelling and then that's what we get really good at that's what we get really good at crafting is like oh, okay, if you do it this way, it kind of starts to tell a different story. So let's not do it that way. You know, that's how we then like get a structure. But that's also something to attend to as a performer that we work a lot on, which is like, you know, you've done this thing 10 million times. So um, how to stay true to that storytelling and know that even sometimes the slightest you know, just because you feel like going in another direction is gonna not serve the scene or your scene partner or your audience's experience necessarily. You know, you can't just do it because you're like, well, I wanna try something different tonight. That's like, no. <laughs> um, but, but I think something that I've learned that I will take with me um, for, forever is the sort of process that I went through as um, like teaching roles because I think when like we first started that it was very much about like we'll do you know this is how I do it and I will teach you how I do it and then you do it like that right and that's like how we learn that's how dancers learn <laughs> um, that the, we, we, we do it the way we were taught um, and then it's like actually no and then like years in being like I will give you the structure and I will, we, 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 we know exactly what we're doing when and why and how, but then you have to be you. And then you have to make choices that only you can make, especially when it comes to being responsive to the audience and being responsive to the moment and, and to be true to the character and not feel like you're just trying to emulate like an, this idea of this persona of this character that you learn. Like, you have to like put yourself in that and like the way I perform a thing is not how my colleagues perform the same thing because they're them and I'm me and like finding that level of presence and that level of like confidence of just being like I can't give you all the like make real choices make real choices in the moment that you actually can't even predict but like, if you're clear and you know what you're doing and like what needs to happen in a given moment, you will make the right choice. And that right choice is on a 
spectrum of like a hundred million different choices that you can make. Um, and that there's something about, about that, that I find really special. That's like, you have to be yourself because going back to like the audience's like experience and being present, it's sort of like, if you're, if you're with somebody who's like actually really having an experience, like actually figuring things out in real time, that draws you in. You're like, oh, you're actually like really doing something. You're not just like pretending. You're actually like a real person. Yeah, being being there with someone in the yes. moment of discovery. Like it's actually like happening be... to you. You're not just like prescribing it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That was like long-winded, but. And those, and, you know, that's okay. Those, those, those are the peak moments, I think, for the feeling that a performer, an actor, is ex, is experiencing something for the first time, discovering something, even if they've done it a million times, is always like the the amazing thing. Like that that's that's the highest level of the craft where you're watching someone do a scene and you're like, my God, they're discovering it in real time. Like you can see it in their eyes, even though this is probably the eight, eighth, ninth or eight hundredth time they've done it. Like that's so thrilling. Like they're able to like shed their foreknowledge, right? They, 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 they quiet the part of themselves that knows what the future is. And they're, they're fully in the moment. Right. And they're, and they're not too much in the and past, that's but maybe a, like they're doing that thing that you articulated a bit ago. They're in all three places. Yeah. yeah. And then what's, what's fun in immersive is at least on, on this side of the table is because you don't really know what's coming next. You don't know where in the story you are. If you if you give yourself over to the moment that you're in and, and ride the ride, you've got no choice but to be in that moment of discovery. And I feel like by someone being in that moment of discovery, it allows, gives permission for the performer, for the actor, to be in the same space mm-hmm. mentally. And that that becomes as virtuous uh, yeah, it's very, it's like a co-created relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also this is this vibe, like here's someone and they're discovering everything for the first time and you're like, whoa, like watch them go. And then suddenly like, you know, it fires off the part of your brain that remembers, you know, the, the, t- the tonal qualities right. matter. Um, yeah. And like just being yeah. like super fascinated by people in that moment too. It's like, I think to an extent, I feel like I've, I've been like, like, yes, I'm performing for you, but like, also you're kind of performing for me too, you know, because I'm like, wow, especially when you get to be in, in a, you know, depending on the scene, but like, if you're in, like, I've had, I've had the opportunity to like, really talk with people, you know, really listen to them. It's amazing. It's, it's, oh God, like that is something I will carry with me to, to the next world. Like just, just the absolute privilege to just be in those moments with people. You know, again, this is why I went into coaching because I like, I want to have those moments with people all the time. (laughs) 
and to empower, you know, so to empower them and to see them and to make them feel seen and heard. That feels like a really nice place for us to, to put a button on this. When it comes to, we, we know we know what's happened when it's come to the show, and we're still in the middle of pandemic, so there's no question to be asked there. Um, for your transformational coaching practice, if if someone is in the area and wants to to reach out to that, is that something you is that by referral only? Is it something you have a shingle out there for? I know you used to have a shingle out for UX design. Oh, a so. shingle! I've never heard this expression. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like a shopkeeper shopkeeper puts a shingle outside their... Yeah, no, their, big uh, shingle. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, please. Um, and, and, and you could yeah. be anywhere. It's like, it's um, it's over the phone. It could be anywhere awesome. in the world. So it's like, yeah, I think it's like, you know, coaching is about, it's about where, it's about being where you are and where you want to go. And... I think right now I'm thinking a lot about, oh God, just like how can we dismantle the internal oppression inside of ourselves in order to live more fully? All those, all those things that, you know, all those voices, all those parts of us that say that we're not good enough and, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, and like that, like, I shouldn't be this person, I shouldn't be doing this right now, or like, you know, all that stuff is like, these are the things that I think are going to really help our society. It's like when we're able to be like, oh, all these things that were sort of internalized and that were taught are actually keeping us small and they're keeping us out of our power. And they're keeping us away from our voice, and like I like that is what I want to help bring into this world more of people who are in their power. Um, and I guess I have an immersive theater to thank for that. <laughs> um, and you know, and like, and and also working with like people who are making their shows, and like I love that you were like. Oh, you're not like fully embracing like your full vision. It's like, ooh, helping people like step fully into what their vision is. <gasps> oh my God, yes, yes, please. You know, because um, we need more of that. We need more of that. Yeah, and um, I guess I'll stop there. And I'm, my favorite thing to talk about is audience experience. So like, just anybody who wants to talk to me about audience experience, please contact me, email me, go to my website, call me, we'll talk. It's like my favorite thing to talk about clearly because I can't shut up right now. <laughs> well, it's all good. And we'll, we'll, we'll do more of that talking you and me soon Definitely. enough. I'm sure. Um, Tara, thank you for coming on the show tonight. I know it's, I know it's really, now it's really late where you yeah, are. Yeah. So no, it is. Yeah, last so. thought, a last thought, last thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowing down and breathing. I think a lot about this practice and a lot of the magic happens in our theater practice. 
and in our lives when we have the space to slow down and breathe. Like, and in the, like any of my performer workshops, it's kind of like, sometimes I'm like, wow, we're really not doing anything. And it's kind of like, then it, that exactly, we're not actually, do, we're doing less. We're doing less. And it's so magical because it leaves space for so much to happen. So I think there's, there's something in there too. This is about slowing down and breathing and taking in and then moving. Once again, I want to thank Tara for being our guest on the show tonight, today, whenever you might be listening to this. Uh, I'm recording this at five o'clock in the evening on Friday, uh, which is, you know, not when we usually do the show. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I I did an episode of The Irregular uh, where I kind of talked about what was going on uh, with me at the moment. Um, And I I don't want to do the the long story short. uh, Oh, no, I do want to do the long story short version, the TLDR. How do we say that? Um, That took about 10 minutes. I'm not going to do that, particularly for everyone who uh, already is, is involved. But uh, and, and also because we've moved on past some of the stuff and so not in it in some ways moved on a little bit. So an update for everyone to bring everyone up to speed. Um, and, and please with this information, um, you know, no, no big public displays one way or another. Uh, it's not who I am. It's not what I'm into. It's not why I'm after this. I just feel always accountable, um, for, you know, my, my role in this community. I know what my role is. And when I'm not able to be attentive in the way that I want to be, uh, I feel tons of guilt, <laughs> just straight up paralyzing levels of it. Um, particularly because one of the things that we're trying to do, uh, in this next week is, uh, the first week in October, the Patreon backers and the people who hold badges for here for this year, uh, we're doing this online Oasis, uh, weekend, um, it was originally planned to be a full ticketed event. Uh, we were going to really push into it, kind of make it as our fall event, you know, try some crazy stuff out. And then, um, you know, all this year, my mother has been on what we euphemistically call the cancer journey. Um, and, uh, just, just to make it sound like it could be fun. It's not fun. Um, but she's doing pretty darn good. Um, we, this week, this very week, uh, we completed, uh, the radiation phase of things and mostly so far so good. Uh, some, some minor, what might be related complications that involved gross stuff you don't want to know about that we are now in the process of taking care of. Uh, I am her primary caregiver. Uh, some of you might know I moved her down here, uh, right after the last IDS, I uh, went from IDS to moving my mother, and she also about a month later um, had a had a had a heart issue and wound up in the hospital for a while. Um, so the past two years have been oh, just a lot of medical stuff. And some weeks, like this week, you spend maybe four hours going from doctor appointment doctor appointment in uh, on, on more, maybe maybe more than one day a week in the week. So that's been this week, um, and uh, that takes priority. Uh, there's, there's no one else to do it. Um, 
we we would come grinding to a halt if it wasn't for the team here at NoPro, particularly Catherine, who's a grad student these days and has her own family life uh, and has a bunch of other projects other than NoPro. I do not understand how Catherine like functions. Maybe on like two hours of sleep, that must be the only way it works. Um, but so thankful that the team comes through uh, and keeps all of the functions going. Um, this week, you know, a, a good number of hours uh, got lost. And then today, one of the reasons why it's coming out so late is uh, is uh, they, they, were, they were working on the roof. So they're, this morning they were banging on the roof, banging on the roof uh, yesterday. Um, it's impacting my sleep and uh, it could not come at a worse time. <laughs> Just, just going to straight up say, was really looking forward to getting uh, this cycle done uh, and being able to come out to the other side of, of the medical stuff and be like, hey, we get to settle in for a bit and do some checkups and see how things go and like chill out. And I get to start really focus on the weekend, focus on the month ahead, steal myself for the election, um, start looking long term, start making plans again, take a breather. And uh, instead, uh, woken up by hammers in the morning. So uh, I'm in a bad place right now. Just, just straight up, terrible, terrible place. So uh, physically and mentally. Um, with that in mind, um, there's there's a small part of me that wants to be like, I'll cancel the weekend ahead. Not going to do it. I know too many people are looking forward to it. Uh, it. But we are scaling. We keep on, you know scaling back into making it something very modest it's also why we're not selling tickets we're not saying like please come you should come and do a thing here's the whole schedule no it's going to be chill it's going to be chill because i need it to be chill and if that's selfish right now well (laughs) i don't care i'm stressed out and i'm sure we're all stressed out and having some place to just chill and discuss and maybe get into some heated conversations or maybe get into some like nice in-depth conversations that's a little bit of normalcy and um that's what we're going to provide next weekend for our patreon backers and those with the here badges. And if you're not a Patreon backer yet, it's $2. It's $2. Look at all we do. But I know I know a good chunk of you are. So there you go. Um, That's it. That's everything. That's what's up with me. Uh, life doesn't stop. The challenges don't stop. Uh, they don't they don't give you, you know, family medical leave or anything of that nature, uh, particularly not when you're independent, as we are. But um, I am so very grateful for uh, the support, the mental support, financial support. Um, just know, if I'm not getting back to you as fast as you think I should be, well, adjust your expectations. <laughs> like, seriously, adjust your expectations. Um, such is the way of the world. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the world is a, the world's not a friendly place, uh, but it's up to us. To make it a little more friendly and make it better. All right, that's it. That's a stone cold truth. Uh, now I'm gonna go do the backlash. Um, let's do the credits for the show as we often do, meaning pretty much every time because otherwise we messed up. All right. Speaking of supporting us, patreoncom proscenium That's where you drop the money to make the world go round. Our sustaining backers are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hansen, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Samuel Mystery, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, Brittany, and Elaine. I also want to point out everyone is very thankful that they're getting this version that I recorded at night and not the version that I recorded in the car in a park in Glendale earlier today out of desperation trying to get this to you faster. 
Um, maybe I'll put that up on the irregular. The music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Please find everything we do at nopersinium.com and everythingimmersive.com, our searchable listing site. That's where you want to go to find out what your next great show is. If you have a show you want to list with us, you should go to everythingimmersive.com because that's the only way it works now. Do not email us. Do not use the Airtable. Do not message us on Facebook. Go to everythingimmersive.com, sign up, fill out the forms, send it our way, and if we got questions, we will ask you. All right, that's it for now. Um, <laughs> I signed off the version in the car with just a, I hope you're having a better day than I am. Bye. Um, which is one of the reasons why I didn't want to release that version. I managed to have a fairly decent afternoon because I waited to do this. And now I'm going to go watch a show that someone's produced that I've been putting off from watching for a while just because everything's always chaotic, waiting for the day when it wasn't going to be chaos. Silly, silly me. And then I'm going to <laughs> write some emails that didn't get written today. Uh, so I hope you have an excellent weekend. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Again, uh, you know, don't, don't make a big public deal of the stuff that I told you. All right. Um, that's not why I told you just trying to keep myself accountable. All right. More soon. And until next time, thank you for wearing the mask. 